that's it. We are back with a very spooky episode in uh, in light of Halloween. Uh, this is ConfT with your SE. I am joined once again by the amazing Alexis. Alexis, how are you? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? You know, I'm wearing a pirate's hat. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't be much better. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween is right. I mean, uh, this is something that Tom and I wanted to do. And I I will admit I feel bad that I'm not doing this with Tom. Um, But I think maybe next year we'll have to do this. This kind of came up so last second. I mean, we threw this together really fast. (laughs) And uh, we asked for submissions from you, our our listeners and followers. And uh, I think we did it, what, last week? It was last Thursday or Friday we, we started this. We just asked for submissions, and we had a week to get them. And, uh, man, people delivered. Um, people delivered. Yeah, I was really, I was really surprised. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was hoping for a lot more video submissions, but then I was like, you know what? It's actually not bad that, it's, that a lot of them are written in because uh, just for time. Um, but, yeah, I think between the two of us, I think we've gotten over, like, 30, 35 different stories. So we're going to have to be a little bit picky and uh, choosy about it. Um, but I figure we'll probably just, uh, dive right in. Um, Alexis, I'll, I'll start or did you want to start or? Um, no, I want to hear what you got first, Brian. All right. All right. All right. So this one comes in from my good buddy, Mike. Uh, he's over at Nile and, um, not the Mike that was on the show, but he was on a different show, a uh, different episode. Um, so I, I particularly liked this one. So uh, he says, uh, we had been upgrading the digital head ends for cable, I'm sorry, for channel placement on a startup cable company. So this is all like the, the, the set top boxes and stuff. And the emergency services broadcast was being tested internally. So we decided it would be a fun idea to add the WAV file of Homer Simpson saying, get me the number for 911. So there's a, there's a clip of Homer Simpson calling the operator and saying, get me the number for 911. So they added that WAV file to it. Well, they forgot that they added it there. And we left this file on the server after testing, and the service went live to about 80,000 households. And that was a bit of a nightmare for customer service team. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's not something you want to do. And I will say that, like, I think we've all kind of been in that predicament where you do something as a joke, you forget about it, and, uh, yeah, it comes back to haunt you a little bit. But... uh, but Mike, thank you, thank you for sharing that one. He had also shared another one. Uh, a, a lot of these that I got were kind of in the same category of, you know, late night reboots and just waiting for them to come back. It was a, that was a very Spooky. common theme. Um, <laughs> it really does take years off of your life. <laughs> There's just no other way to say it. Um, yeah. So I want to hear one that you got, Alexis, and then uh, we, maybe we'll go to a video that I've gotten. Yeah. So I uh, I pasted all of these over anonymously because I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be anonymous or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this one came from one of my friends on TikTok. <clears throat> it says, I work in a utility. It was my second time ever being on call. And we live in Florida. A tropical storm came through and hit us harder than what was predicted. And most of our state lost power. I was at home at night, my power went out, and I tried to keep my laptop on my hotspot to monitor the network until I basically ran all my device batteries all the way to zero. So I got in my car, I went to the office, streetlights weren't working, there's trees down, it was just a total nightmare. And I got to my office, the building was running off our emergency power services, and there was no one there. 
So I basically sat in this dimly lit area outside the data center and watched helplessly as our equipment died one by one by one because we were draining our UPS batteries. So ended up almost being a 16 hour day for me for a week to fix it. Wow. Wow. We years ago, um, we had what we called the, uh, the October snowstorm. And I want to say that was, God, that must've been 2011 around their time frame, And uh-huh. where I was working at the time was up in, in Northern Connecticut. They lost power for 10 days. And it was just because it was very, very wet, heavy snow. It was October. So there was still a ton of leaves on the trees and trees were falling left and right. Power was out all over the state. It was insane. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that went through very, very similar things where just the data centers were just offline. I mean, we brought in, we, we, the place I was working was actually a manufacturing facility and we brought in a like one and a half megawatt generator so that we could continue production because it was actually cheaper to rent that big of a generator and pay for 7,000 gallons of diesel fuel a day than to miss our deliveries. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Uh, but it worked and, uh, yeah, can't, uh, can't argue with that. Um, here's a little short one I'll, I'll, I'll share from a good friend, my, uh, my good friend, Mark. Uh, he had, he had actually posted, uh, publicly on the, um, on the comment, uh, what about that time that, uh, TAC sent me the wrong hard drive for my Hyperflex when there was specifically a KB article about not to send that specific drive because there was an issue. I think there was, I think there was an issue with the cluster size or something like that, like rev one, rev two, you couldn't do it. You couldn't mix them. And they accidentally sent the wrong one from the depot and it took down the entire cluster. That's a bad day. That's a bad day. That's a bad day. Yeah. And it it happens, right? Mistakes happen, whether someone, you know, pulled the wrong thing off, didn't double check the, the, the uh, version number or whatever it's stuff happens. That's kind of the, the kind of the point. Um, Let's go to a, a video submission. If I can get this thing to work, hopefully this will, this will play nicely for us. Um, and this is from Austin. You might remember him from our episode uh, with Niall. So here's Austin and his story. Hey, Brian. So you're looking for one of those chilling panic moments in IT, huh? Well, I've got a doozy for you. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people watching this have probably had the same experience. Maybe they don't want to admit it, Uh, but I'll share. Um, When I was actually at a networking vendor, wireless LAN networking vendor, I'm sure everybody can look at my LinkedIn and find out who that was. I was actually doing some lab work with a major health insurance company at one of their regional um, offices. Went over there. They wanted a new feature. We just came out with a new feature. So the plan was to actually run on their lab controller, a new version of software, wipe the configuration, get it up and running, show them the you know capability, um, and then be off and running. Should be pretty easy. Um, in and out, uh, no big deal, about an hour. Um, so plan that out, showed up. Um, into the customer's um, uh, office and inside their office where the IT room was there's actually a rack and their rack actually was housing not only the lab controller but also the production controllers. Uh, These were one rack unit controllers one on top of the other Um, so you had three of them there two of the production primary backup and then one lab one. Now these uh, WLAN controllers actually had the console ports on the front of it. 
Um, so we thought we knew what the lab controller was. Um, it was supposed to be the one that was on the bottom. Um, I went ahead and plugged in, and without doing enough due diligence, and you kind of know where this story is about to go, I actually plugged in, logged in, immediately did a write erase all and a reboot and just waited for the thing to come up so I can actually load the new code and uh, put the new config on and actually show the customer I was doing. So we're sitting there just talking shop a little bit while we're waiting for that. And in the middle of that, probably about 30 to 60 seconds later, the entire production network went down. <laughs> and the, the phone started ringing off the hook. And this was in the middle of a day on a Tuesday or Wednesday, middle of the week. I forget exactly what day it was. But immediately panic set in. You know, obviously, I did a write erase all on the wrong controller. Um, and what we found out is that the primary, uh, the backup controller um, wasn't actually set up correctly. So it wasn't, it didn't no. have a synchronized yep. config. VRP wasn't set up the right way to actually have everything fail over to that backup controller. Um, and I had just wiped, you know, basically the only controller that had the config that was supporting production, uh, the production environment. So as you can imagine, my eyes went wide, my heart started racing, um, and the customer was like, what are we going to do? What did we do? What's going on? Um, we went and you know, found out, by the way, started asking a bunch of questions. Well, do you have a backup config, you know, latest backup config? He's like, no, we don't have it. I thought it was going to be on the backup controller, uh, but it actually wasn't. Uh, so, you know, we try to figure out, we're like, oh, no, what do we do? We can't rebuild this thing from scratch. I don't know exactly what was going on with the network, how they had it configured, you know, et cetera. So luckily, we're able to kind of dig into the flash of the production controller, the one that I just wiped, um, and found out that there was some stored configs on the flash file from some previous upgrades and the like um, that, you know, the code at the time would automatically did a backup of the config whenever you upgrade a code. Now, this config that we're on there was a couple months old. It was stale. I don't know how up to date it was, but luckily, we're able to pull that off turn it into the running config, reboot the controller, bring it back up, and the network came back up. Luckily, we were only down for about 15 or 20 minutes, but it seemed like forever, as you can imagine. Um, a lot of questions. Had to fall on my sword and say, listen, we definitely wiped the wrong controller. Um, but we were able to fix that, get that back up and running, fix the backup configuration. So we had an effective backup and config syncing. Um, so there was a good byproduct of that. Um, but... You know, let, let me just say, I mean, after that moment, I definitely made sure that we were plugging into the right controller, definitely checking things before just issuing a right erase all. Um, and it is, uh, and time for a shameless plug, it is nice to know, uh, nice to be at a company right now that, you know, no longer has config ports or local configuration on network elements. So that type of mistake will never happen again. Um, but I'm sure that a lot of folks in your audience have similar moments. Maybe not, it's, maybe it's not a right erase all and bringing down the whole network, but I think we've all made config mistakes before and had that oh no moment going, oh, what did I just do? What did it just cause? And how do I back out of this? So that's mine. Hope you have fun with it. Um, appreciate the time to give uh, give you uh, you know my scare moment, and my lessons learned, and my history. Have fun. Thanks. You could you could tell where it was going right away, huh? As soon <laughs> as soon as you was like, yeah, we had all three of them right next to each other, and it was supposed to be on the bottom. I feel like you that's know, one of those things you should label with a sticky note right on the front. Lab. Yeah. Yeah, but they fall off and, you know, you can mislabel. It It, it can definitely happen. And, uh, you know, funny thing about uh, Austin, and, you know, I know he had kind of his oh crap moment. Uh, as I said, it ages you pretty bad. Austin's actually 21. 
Um, he just no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Brian, I can. If they're not watching on video, they'd have no idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Austin, Austin's a great guy. I, I knew he would let me uh, let me grab him for that one, but yeah, that um, that happens. That happens, and then on top of that, this is where you really find out when. Uh, you know, if your backup plan or your contingency plans are set up correctly, because not for nothing, the backup controller should have just kind of failed over. It should have done its job and taken over, but, you know, it wasn't configured right. It had fallen out of sync. It had, you know, no one had looked at it in a while. These things happen a lot. And, uh, well, now, you know, you might have. You might have taken down production for 20 minutes, but at least now, you know, your backup's working now. And that, yeah, he even said, he's like, he's like, we fixed the backup problem. So that was cool. <laughs> two for one, two for one. Two, um, two for one. I've two got a, I've got another story from TikTok. Let's hear it. Um, this one is, this one's fun. So when I first got started in IT, I was working in a group that did all IT. Windows admin, network, Linux admin, storage, backup, all of it. I just got back from training and I felt so confident, too confident. Mm. Things were going fine till one day our file server crashed. It was a Windows 2003 server with four terabytes of RAID array attached to attached via SCESI. Mm -hmm. The server was stuck in a boot. The server was stuck in a boot loop and wouldn't come up. And I was working alongside a more senior tech troubleshooting. After a while, things weren't progressing. So I said with extreme confidence, just initialize the RAID thinking that initializing meant starting and not really understanding what I had just suggested. No. Turns out initializing a RAID array is a destructive process where it tears itself down to rebuild as a new array. You know that feeling you get when you get a sinking feeling in your stomach? Well, I had that and then some. Good news was after we initialized the array, we finally got Windows to boot. Mm. So no biggie. We can just restore from tape to the newly initialized array and be back up and running in no time. Mm. I was wrong. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> turns out that our tape backup system had its license and support expire two weeks prior. So nothing like getting kicked while you're down. Uh, we scrambled to find a new license and support. We ended up getting the data restored, but it did lose about two weeks worth of data. And it took a couple days to get everything back and running. Um, I learned a lot of very th- a lot of good things from that painful lesson and looking back and grateful it happened. But in the moment, I thought my career was over before it had even started. Yep. Yep. I And I, I'm sorry for laughing because I've, <laughs> I, you know, I feel bad for the person that submitted this that I'm just sitting here like cracking up at their misfortune. But at the end of the day, I think there's, there's, there's not a single person that has gone through this stuff and not made a mistake, right? Some of them are catastrophic. Some of them are minor. Some of them you're able to kind of quickly move around like for example Austin's story they were back up in 20 minutes so like you know inconvenience but not the end of the world you know in in the case of the the one you just read they lost two weeks worth of data people were probably pissed but it's not the end of the world um there's it's uh (laughs) it's a funny industry to be in (laughs) life life goes on because people act like the world is ending you know when the network's down but yep um And they're always so quick yeah. to blame the network too, right? Go ahead, blame yeah. the network. Yeah, still. Oh, thousand nice thousand, I'm sure. <laughs> oh man, that's the, I. Thank you for sharing that one, and thank you uh, to whoever submitted that. That was that was great, and uh, 
Yeah. Lesson lessons learned. It it I'll tell you, when you first start in IT, you first get out of training, you're you're feeling pretty high and mighty, and it takes something like that to knock you down a few pegs and come back down with the rest of us. And that's fine. That's fine. We we usually welcome you with back with open arms. <laughs> I got one here from um, from an engineer at Cisco. Uh, in my last position before starting at Cisco, I was working in a shop running an old Cisco ACS server. The system, the system had not been updated, and I was unaware of a field notice indicating Firefox could potentially wipe the entire policy configuration. As I'm working on making changes, the bug hits hard, and the policy is gone. Cold panic sets in. Oh, no. Thankfully, it was not a super complex configuration, and I could easily remember the few rules that were installed. We were back up and running quickly, and I made a conscious effort to begin migrating to ICE device admin. So this is one of those scenarios where, <clears throat> like, who's really to blame here? <laughs> I think, you know, I think we could do an entire episode on, like, either ICE horror stories or policy configuration horror stories. I think that could be a whole separate topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Okay. I mean, and and on top of that, this, this isn't even an error that this person really made. I mean, this this is a problem where the browser and the version of code, or I, I guess it was, I don't even know if it was the ver- the version of Firefox or the version of code that didn't interact well together, but it just wiped the config. There was something in there that just made it go plip. And let's face it, I mean, you and I subscribe to field notices because we're, you know, trying to actively, proactively reach out to customers and be like, hey, you know, be aware of this. Uh, I, I remember your um, your post on, on, on LinkedIn last week of, uh, you know, texting everyone about the latest bug, um, you know, but that's an impossible, nearly impossible task to keep up on. And especially when you're, you know, looking at something like this where it's like, oh, well, if I use this version of Firefox and I do it before 10 a.m. Uh, you know, from the East Coast, then, it'll, you know, it'll blow up. It's like, yeah. And that's that's one of those things like you take your hands off the keyboard and you're like, did this just really happen? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And here's um, here's another uh, here's another ice uh, ice one. Um, OK. I accidentally pushed a delete of the incorrect port channel interface in production in the middle of the day. Um, this is where the ice part comes in. So of course, TACAX recorded every move. <laughs> so my boss was able to go in and see that I screwed up, but he was able to also restore it. Um, outside of that, I would also say that some catalyst switch models take an uncomfortably long time to reboot when you're remote at 2 a.m. waiting for that echo reply to start coming back. And yeah. uh, I, I was- yeah, it it takes a long time, uncomfortably long, and then in the meantime, you're kind of figuring out, okay, how long is it going to take me to get there? Do I leave now? Do I leave early tomorrow morning? <laughs> is there someone that can let me in the building? Do I give it just a few more minutes? Um, yes, time time goes obnoxiously slow when you're when you're waiting for that. Yeah, I've got a I've got a good one. So this is from another all of mine are TikTok submissions. So this is from one of my friends, Ed. Ed is another uh, content creator on TikTok. You guys should go follow him. And um, he said, this is an honest to God horror story. I'm not sure if you want it. (laughs) I was a young telecom field tech installing fiber. um, But due to WorldCom losing its argument with the US, they now need to provide landlot bots and DSL service to residential customers. I was chosen for my good looks, charm, and because I was bilingual. 
So I was given a truck, tools, and little training, but the work was very easy to figure out. I received a ticket to dispatch to a location in a really rough neighborhood in Chicago. The place I showed up at looked like a business, but had all the windows blacked out. I met with the customer outside, and he said, only go where I escort you. Do not wander off. So I took a gulp, and I said, okay, sure. This dude is a large, scary guy now. So I start tracing the line, and I I identified the short. And I told him, hey, man, I need to go into the basement. Customer got really angry with me and said, well, can't you fix it out here? Like, I don't want you going into the basement. And I said, no, the short's in the basement. So he said, okay, fine, follow me. Bro, this basement, this is in all capital letters. (laughs) This basement was pitch black and half a block large. So I'm picturing walking into like giant, large, pitch black, scary space. Yeah. The smells in there are weird. I start asking the guy, like, what kind of business is this? And he goes, well, it's more like a church than a business. But I tell you, I have never seen a church like this. As I trace my copper line, I run into what I can only describe as an altar to Satan himself. Started getting chills down my spine because this is, I mean, it's real weird. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy could kill me and no one would be the wiser. It's dark as heck. I'm in a basement. There's literally an altar to the devil to my left. And I'm walking through this basement and in the middle, there's this pit. And I'm like, hey, what's this for? And he goes, oh, just sacrifices. He goes, Alexis, I have never fixed a landline faster in my life. (laughs) Got the heck out of there and never went back. I never did find out if this was a satanic church. Either way, I never want to. I still drive by the building from time to time and it still has blacked out windows. Okay. Actual horror story. That, I don't know. I think I would have left. I wouldn't have followed him into the basement. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, yeah, that, that gave me the, that gave me the creeps. That's no. <laughs> so much, so much nope. Yeah, yeah. So much no. I mean, you know, Satanists need phones too. <laughs> I guess. I guess, man. You never know what but, kind of people are on the internet. You got to be real careful. <laughs> all y'all, all y'all doing uh, house calls out there. You be safe. Yes. Be safe. Yes. Um, that's like those. Uh, I, I, I always get the uh, like the um, automotive videos, right? Like uh, things people find, crazy things in cars, and like. I saw this one car where they'd come in for an oil change and there's literally bugs just crawling all over the seat, the steering wheel, everything. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy out there. You gotta be safe. Gotta be careful. (laughs) Oh man. I would say thank you for that one, but that one just freaked me out. (laughs) Adam, Adam, glad you're still with us. I'm glad you're still with us. (laughs) Um, so I've got, I've got two. Well, I've actually got three from this guy, Chris, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share the first two in uh, sequence because they're not specifically IT horror related, but um, yeah, I think you'll I think you'll appreciate these. So let's uh, let's start with number one. Hi, my name's Chris Kimball, and uh, Brian had asked me to share a couple of um, IT horror stories I've experienced over the <laughs> nature of my career. And uh, I can tell you, um, I'm sure everyone, they've got some war stories, but holy cow, you know the cliche, an <laughs> IT guy gets hit by a bus, 
well, um, many years ago in an old life, um, me and a colleague and a good friend, Kevin, uh, would ride into work together. And uh, one day, I think it was snowy um, up in New England. Um, you know, if you don't have your defrosters going, your, your windows, they all get a little fogged up. And, um, and uh, I don't know if the, uh, the MBTA, which is the, the name of the, um, the public transit system here in, uh, in Boston, uh, I don't know if he didn't see us or what, but we're coming down the street and he's pulling out of a, of, out of, out of a parking lot, making a left onto the road. And, uh, holy cow. I mean, the bus was like right in front of, it was in our lane. And I just remember hitting the brakes, swinging it hard to the right, and we ended up into some driveway that was just right off the road. I just, I turned to Kevin. I remember just saying this. I go, you know, two IT guys get hit by a bus, and uh, and uh, that's the first horror story I could think of when uh, when I thought of that. You know, because it's it's, it's kind of funny with the um, the cliche of, of of two IT guys get hit by a bus. Jeez. There's more. I'm I'm oh, just gonna I'm I'm there's more. <laughs> you know, flash forward a couple of more years, same guy, me and Kevin, again driving to work at the same time. And um they're taking the elevator up and wouldn't you know it, the elevator got stuck and and, and the door opened just yay. And uh you know, with the first thing that you do when the elevator gets stuck, you designate a coroner for urination. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um but um um so I, I just remember saying to him, you know, what do we do? So, you know, we called the mer you know, the, the emergency phone and they're like, We'll be right there and you know, we called work saying we're gonna be late. You know, we're 50 feet away from the front door. They could hear us. Uh, they came out and said, hey, what are you guys doing in there? And um, I said to Kevin, I said, why not on the count of three we both jump? And uh, at the time, well, not at the time. This is how, it was just a hydraulic built system. So I, I knew if, you know, when we jumped, if some hydraulic line popped, I mean, it would just, so I, you know, I didn't really think there was a risk of a, a fast fall. And so we jump, and door popped open. So that that worked out really well. <laughs> I'm watching this video after he sent this to me. I said, "Chris, I'm never going in a car or on an elevator with you ever." No, any no. mode of transportation. Honestly, he has terrible luck. Yes, ter well, no, it, and that's the thing. It gets worse. And I asked him if I could kind of share his his a little bit of his story. Um, and he he gave me permission because it's pretty much public knowledge. But um, if he seems a little slow. He's on quite a bit of painkillers. He actually fell uh, through a deck. He had a deck collapse. Oh, I, I saw your post about Yes, that. you saw that. Oh. I think he fell like 20 feet. Um, I've been chatting with him and just, you know, kind of, you know, keeping in, keep it in touch with him. And I'm just like, dude, like what's going on with, with your luck there? Like, like final man. destination. Pretty Speaking much. Of horror stories. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a real life horror story right there. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, he's, he's really in good spirits and, uh, he asked to share this message 
and I uh, want to do so. He goes, his message is to just tell those you love that you love them and leave nothing left unsaid because you never know when you'll be hit by the proverbial or a literal bus. So you know, he's in good spirits. Um, I can't thank him enough for spending the time. He, he sent a bunch of videos and I, I do want to send one, uh, show one more story of his because this one was actually it related and, uh, it has a pretty cool, uh, I think pretty cool musical cultural reference. I don't know, Alexis, if you're old enough to get it, you're, you're, <laughs> so, I'm so freaking old, but, uh, let's, let's listen to his, uh, his final one here. Making sure you're aware of, of what you're walking into, but sometimes the client always throws a curveball. <laughs> this one time we get a call from a client and he goes, I lost all my email. And, uh, we said, oh, well, you know, maybe you got a new profile, something happened. And, uh, this guy had run his business from his AOL email account since 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 the free oh my God. not CDs floppy disks went out from AOL and I mean tens of thousands of emails that he ran this business he owned he owned a uh, a railroad a segment of a railroad in New Jersey and that that's how he made that's what his business was was leasing this this little particular part of track and, and getting the, you know, the, the, the money from that. And, you know, all the whole thing was, you know, all years and years and years of deals and conversations, AOL, you know, went way the dodo bird and, you know, through transitioning from one business identity to another business identity to another, you know, we said, buddy, you know, he had called us sooner and we had that stuff backed up we could have helped you uh but he came became a client after that and uh you know eclectic gentleman you know uh i don't know if he saw the weird al yankovich song uh white and nerdy or something but he came to us one day and he goes you know i want a website for my dog and <laughs> I mean, what do you say to a guy who has enough money to want a website built for his dog? Sure. What do you want for a website <laughs> for your dog? <laughs> so, anyways, um, I want to thank Brian for the opportunity to share a couple of stories. I know they're comical and not really horror, uh, but, you know, that's, uh, I'd rather laugh than cry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um cheers and be well folks and uh happy halloween happy, happy halloween. halloween you know such, uh, such a great guy and, he, and you know it it takes a it takes a real good soul like that to be able to refer to his stories as comedic when the first two were near-death experiences yeah <laughs> yeah are you kidding and what he's currently going through like this this guy i mean love this guy chris thank you so much Awesome, awesome. I um I've got a short one and then I've got like two or three more longer ones. Which All one right. would you like first? You know what? Let's uh, let's go. Let's start with a, a short and then you can do a long. How's that? All right. All right. So, this is another TikTok submission again. All TikTok submissions. <laughs> um a friend of mine was called in after a place had fired their IT guy because they weren't getting any emails. <laughs> the reason he found out they weren't getting any emails was that this older IT guy had every single email from the company going to his desktop where he was manually approving each email 
as his anti-spam solution. So no, no spam email filtering. This guy was manually reading every single email from everyone. He was the spam filter. He was the spam filter. I don't know how he had time to do anything else. I mean, didn't they notice that like when he was busy, no one got any emails? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would be something it would take a little long or a little bit of time to put two and two together. I I guess, but wow. I mean, did did he, did he mention a time frame on this one? Because I have to no. think this was a long time ago when email no. was not like it is today, where <laughs> it's like no. if it's no not instantly frame. replied to. Oh man. Um. And then I've got this other one, another TikTok submission. Um, in a long time ago, in a land not so far away, <laughs> in the days where Windows 7 ruled the desktops and when server XP boxes sat in unused cubes, there was a plucky application support team that watched over a handful of app and database servers. One day, the plucky team came into work and noticed some odd CPU activity from one server. They tried to log in, only to find the account was locked for the service account. Another account tried that and too was locked. Someone ran down the hall to the network team and grabbed them with WTF being yelled, <laughs> echoing through the hallways. <laughs> the network team fired up their tools to find out that all of these accounts were locked. And then they went to the logs and realized that the calls were coming from inside of the house. Um, a laptop by an employee had been compromised at another site, and a malicious party was trying to brute force logins on all of the servers. Frantic phone calls were made, the laptop shut and cleared, and an investigation was launched. Months later, it was revealed that a different and better group of hackers had compromised the internal network, but the data wasn't what was interesting to them. They just wanted the servers for crypto mining. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. getting into some company and then just using their servers for crypto? It's free power. Can't can't see the uh, as as my dad says I can't see it from my house I can't see that electric bill from my house so right right <laughs> yeah I've I've actually run into this was actually during a uh, um, a POV for uh, Umbrella and Amp for Endpoints at the time mm -hmm. and we ran we we were running we we did the Umbrella POV we started kind of collecting some data and all of a sudden we're seeing a ton of spikes towards command and control and okay. like every 30 seconds every 60 seconds because all we had done was just point the the dns forwarders we couldn't really tell what what device was asking um was, was trying to go there so what we ended up doing just to make it easier was enabling logging on the dns server because it was a windows box so we looked through and it turns out that it was another server that was hmm. some some file server. I think it was actually the, their main application and domain controller, which was like that's that's just bad. I, that's just bad. Don't run your domain <laughs> controller and your primary application on the same box. Spread it out. So anyway, this box had gotten compromised, and um, turns out that there was some crypto mining software on there that was running, and it was trying to call back home to you know deposit the funds or whatever. And uh, the cool part was that you know as part of this POV, we found it. And AMP for endpoints went in, we installed it, it immediately found it, annihilated it. I still told them to rebuild it because it's a DC, like don't screw around with that. But um, there was other products that were on that server that did not find that software. So, and ours did. So pretty successful POV. 
Um, so yeah. it can't, you know, definitely, definitely turn around. I'm pretty sure they sent us the PO the following week <laughs> and I've they got, heard, they got some I've free, a, uh, free service there. <laughs> I've heard a similar story, um, with stealth watch where they installed self stealth watch during yep. POV and found, um, some malicious activity. It's one way to sell a product, I guess. I mean, I've never planned a solution, it. a solution, a solution, <laughs> no, not solution. My bad. I got one here from uh, Nick. Uh, he said, we had a flash flood in the building with water backing up on the roof. So oh, bad no. that the elevator shaft started taking on water. Standing next to them sounded like a waterfall was rushing by. The parking garage filled with almost four feet of water. And the first floor of the building had about two inches of water pushing up against the exterior doors. The first floor also hosted a million dollar lab. No. The only salvation was the raised floor and the slight step up that's uh, from that surrounding area. The whole lab had to be turned off because the main electrical bus of the building got fried from water damage. The next day, to continue critical testing, we had the pleasure of moving two racks worth of hardware up five flights of stairs by hand. Catalyst 6880s That's are easy to carry. Out. If you hoist them onto your back and hunch them o- hunch over as you trudge up the stairs, and he actually posted a picture of um, the parking garage, and there's cars with water up to the bottom of the uh, up to their windows. Holy Man. cow! Yeah, Man. that would. Um, I mean, I'm happy the lab didn't drown, but also carrying them off flights, carrying gear up flights of stairs. That's Doesn't rough. Because you can't use the elevator. Main bus is underwater. Uh, that's uh, that is no bueno, no bueno at all. Um, I've got uh maybe one or two more. All right. Um, I don't know how long you want to go, Brian. You tell me. If you got um, two more, we'll go two more. This is from another another TikToker. Um, this is my horror story. I took over a small data center in Guam that had been neglected for about a decade and had a plethora of old and outdated kit in the racks. I'm talking clamshell compact servers that were still kicking around. So these were 1998-99 models that were still doing work in 2014. Started the migrations, optimization, and cleaning on day one. During this time, I found out that we had about two miles of Cat5 Cat5 and fiber from our last two sands just chilling under the subfloor, literally. Our airflow was being blocked by mounds of old, useless, and disconnected cables that the contractors had pushed under the floor instead of disposing of it. Mm-hmm. And the previous management didn't care enough to do anything about it. So our chillers had been working crazy hard in the tropical heat to keep our data center from roasting us. So I had to get dirty and get those cables out. But the only way to do it because of how it was done was to crawl completely under the server racks in the subfloor and disconnect the patch panels one port at a time. So I did, but then I couldn't get back out. Oh, no. I was trapped under the servers for about 45 minutes before a coworker came along and noticed my exposed foot protruding from under one of the racks and into the open area of the floor. They thankfully came to where we could hear each other and they were able to, and they thankfully came to where we could hear each other. I told them I was stuck and very cold because I was in a 55 degree inlet. They pulled me out ankles first, and I bought them a drink later that night. But it was definitely an interesting experience. Oh my goodness! That's, so many thoughts. Yeah, yeah, so many thoughts. Like, 
glad you made it out safe. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. That's, that's another, I'm happy. I'm happy you're still with us. Yes. I'm 100%. Who knew networking could be dangerous? Networking is very dangerous. Networking is very dangerous. Um, a lot of, a lot of heavy gear, electrical power, risk of fire, you know, everything. It's crazy it's all, people, it's all basements, crazy people in basements. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the internet brings out the best and the worst in all of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I've got one. Let me see here. Um, oh, here's a, <laughs> so I reached out to my cam, my old boss at Cisco. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he goes to me, he goes, cause oh, are you going to, you're going to tell him your story about how you spit beer on your boss on your first day. <laughs> So this is how it went down. So first of all, I am uh, going through the interview process working at Cisco. Um, you know, everything was by phone. My, my manager was in upstate New York. I'm in Connecticut. So everything was by phone and, uh, uh-huh. I was working in the K through 12 district. And we were, uh, we were not really a Cisco, made a big Cisco shop. We kind of used a lot of other stuff. And I happened to be wearing a polo from another, another vendor that particular day that he called me and he calls me from the road and he's like, Hey, um, I'm driving down to New Haven. I really like to make it a point to meet um, any candidates before I hire them. Would you be up for coming down? Like out of the blue. So okay. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't mind, but um, I'm wearing an Extreme Networks polo. Like, is that going to be a problem? <laughs> Should I go home and change? He's like, no, you're fine. You're fine. So him and Mike McPhee were there. And uh, yeah, I uh, I went to go meet Cam for the first time wearing an Extreme Networks polo. Now, fast forward, I get hired. And I've still haven't seen him, you know, in person since this time. Uh-huh. Uh, we're at uh, GSX. At the, that's what it was called back then. Uh, we're at Impact, and Joe, Joey D, and I are just hanging out at the bar, and we're waiting for for Cam because we're both, you know, in Connecticut. We're both newly hired. He's our manager. We haven't really seen him in person, maybe since the other time. And you know, we're waiting for him to kind of show up to where everyone else is. So you know, I had a couple couple beers, just hanging around, right, having a good time. And Mike walks in and he's like, dude, this has been one, like, this has been horrible. His flight was delayed. His flight was long. His, his room wasn't ready. They put him in a a horrible room. They had to move rooms. He's just like, I'm done. Uh So he's standing there. We're all kind of standing in a circle. We're, we're talking and stuff. And someone says something to me as I'm taking a sip of beer and I laugh and I just went and it went all over him. And I was mortified, Alexis. This is the first time I'm seeing my boss in person since being hired. I've already got a reputation. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I I spit my beer at him. But uh, he took it in stride. I bought him a new drink uh, to replace replace the one that I had soured. And uh, we laugh about it now. Uh, but yeah, that was, he asked me if I was going to say that story. So I, I have to tell him that. <laughs> Mike, Mike Cam's a good guy. Mike he Cam's is. A he's guy. a great so guy. So is Mike McPhee. Yeah. They're, they're both great guys. Absolutely. But he, he, they still give me shit about the, you know, wearing extreme networks polo to a Cisco interview. <laughs> but Hey, yeah, it wasn't your fault. It's just what no. you happened to put on that day. That's it. That's it. You can't judge me for what I'm wearing. Um, um how many do you have left Alexis? Cause I, I want to, I, I have... do have one to end on. So if you've got one or two. Okay. I have one more, and All then right. how about you take us home? All right. All right. This one's a little longer. Let me see how I can paraphrase this. Mm. This is my phone system from hell. Mm. 
Um, back in the 90s, large companies had these giant rooms with hundreds of thousands of four-line copper phone lines that all route back into a 6 by 82 inch tall industrial rack. My buddy Steve and I arrived at this company. It was a 45-story office building, made our way through security, took the access door down to the sub-basement. So we go down this kind of poorly lit corridor, maybe 60 feet into the darkness, before we see some light and found the door we were supposed to be going in. Um, I guess in the 90s, all IT was still in the basement. Um, I approached cautiously. The door is kind of rusty and slightly ajar. Um, I said to my friend Steve, are you sure nobody's down there? And he said, no, of course no one's down here. So I tried to open the door. Um, The handle was broken. Reached and kind of pulled it in or pulled it open because it was ajar. Um, It scraped against the concrete floor, struggled to wedge my arm against the wall and shoved in. And a large amount of dust kicked widely into the air, turning into the fans, revealing a landscape of blinking lights, what looked like six racks and a light switch. Wow. We turned on the lights in this room. So they walked, basically, they pried open a door, walked in this dark room. You could only see a bunch of blinking lights. Flipped the light switch. And I can, I stepped forward into what could only be described as a 10 foot by 10 foot wire nest protruding from hundreds of conduit channels feeding out from all sides of the room. There was tens of thousands of phone lines thrown, interweaving and crossing like spaghetti. Um, me and Steve stood wire, stood knee deep in the wire madness as we spent four days and we spent four days tracing back thousands of wires to locate a hotline to replace one bad component. Clip the board back in place. Um, back in those days, the phone systems had racks with a hundred of eight pin deep microchips containing the flash data. So we were checking our work, screwed the card slip back down, but this IC caused an unexpected cascading failure, which took down all 10,000 phones. We had no idea. We thought it, we, we did our job. We checked our work. System checked out fine on our end. So we started to pack up and make our way out of the building and ran into the manager in the lobby, head to toe screaming. Um, the entire phone system went down, had to be replaced due to age, failures, and so on. And it took us four months. Um, and in the end, they closed our contract and refused to pay us, leading to a lawsuit. And that was my phone system from hell. Wow. I mean, 10,000 yeah. 10, phones in a 45 story building in the 90s when there was barely any email. Yeah. That's, that's tough. That's, that's tough. And I, I don't, ugh. all, all that work, four days of tracing to find that one defect, you find it, you put it all back together. Something else happens outside of your control. The whole thing comes crashing down. And then you get blamed for it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's tough. Uh, I hope the, uh, I hope, I hope everyone's settled and Everyone is uh, good now. I mean, I imagine it's not pending anymore, <laughs> but still. I would hope not from the 90s. You'd hope not, but you never know. Um, it's funny that you end on a, a telephone um, story because this last one, this is from Clark, um, and it's uh, it's interweaved with some telephone stuff too. So um, I, I will read it in, in his words as best I can because it's Clark. <laughs> Um, all right. We've seen the pictures and stories of those IDFs and data centers with cat five of every color and length spilling out of cabinets and onto the floors in horrifying heaps. 
But have you ever gotten the creeps from compulsively clean cable management? Many years ago, I was working as the land manager for a government organization. We'd been working hard on a major network stack refresh, and we just didn't have enough personnel on the WAN team to pull off in human time. So everyone in IT was effectively pitching in. My task on this particular fateful day was to go to our MDF in a suburb of a major metropolitan area on the East Coast with a van full of new gear, rack, stack, burn-in test, and swing-over connections from the old stack to the new before bringing the outdated junk back. When I got to the facility, I was awed by the work our contractors had done in the week prior, turning that room from its former Pastafarian nightmare into a picture-perfect ad campaign for all the major cable management vendors and their latest doohickeys. This is why I can't ad-lib with them. I just have to read it verbatim. Everything clearly separated into local IDF racks, government racks, commercial service provider equipment. Yes, it was also an exchange point at the time. And my brand new data side two-post rack installed across the aisle. Even had that new rack smell. Ooh. (laughs) So I got down to it. About three hours later, all the new equipment was running, cross-connected, and ready for me to swing uplinks over from the old stack, which was unracked, running, but unceremoniously sitting in a heap on the table next to one of those big, ancient, three-cabinet Lucent Navaya phone switches. A waterfall of 25-pair and 50-pair cables going to the half-acre of 66 punch-down blocks behind it, and not a lot of room to spare on any side. To my horror... Every single thumbscrew on every serial cable, RS-530, Smart Serial, and V35, were all engaged and tightened down in areas I couldn't easily reach. Some of them requiring a screwdriver, and at least half were cross-threaded to begin with. Fortunately, I only needed four or five to be disconnected for the cutover, and the rest were already decommissioned and were merely keeping me from sliding the devices out further to get to the screws. An hour later, I had the necessary cables removed, moved over, and looking good. All done except for recovery of the old equipment, and that's when things went sideways. Another hour of busting knuckles, inventing new swear words, and suppressing an overwhelming desire to simply chop the cables at the connectors, I had finally done it and untangled the Gordian knot, or so I thought. I gave the stack one mighty yank to pick it all up in one shot, but the top router and switch flew the other direction. Oh, no. There was a bright blue flash, the sound of Frankenstein's monster coming to life, and the distinct acrid smell of ozone in the air as the lights went out for a second. You see, dear listener, our crack team of cable management gremlins decided to zip tie every cable to every other cable that didn't fit in a pre-made bundle. What I didn't know was that the cursed Lucent Avaya cabinet on the end was in fact the power module for the massive direct current UPS in that room. And I had missed a cable, a tiny little DB9, thumb screws still cross-threaded, zip-tied to one of the main feeds coming from the rack of batteries and the only connector that hadn't been screwed down. In typical horror show fashion, the BlackBerry on my hip started buzzing and the calls were coming in from inside the network. After quickly locating the battery connector and plugging it in, the loosened switch started to come back to life, but not before it had caused a cascading effect to the downstream PBXs and IXP gear 
also used that use that also used that UPS system. Oh, All no. told, nearly a quarter of a million people had their day briefly imp- interrupted by a half cent zip tie because someone <laughs> tried to be too beautiful with the cable management. This is one place where IT and horror stories find common ground. The prettiest always dies first. <laughs> oh man. I can only imagine. Yep. Cable management, it does have its uh its drawbacks, for sure. For sure. Yeah, good Be thing you can't with see those my things. desk. My desk is a it's not great. <laughs> Listen, there's a reason my camera stays right here. <laughs> yeah. The only other story that I wish we could have gotten and sh- only other story that I wish we could have shared was one that we would have gotten. This one actually was teased to us. I think you saw it too, Alexis. Um, St- uh, Steven had mentioned, uh, hey, Jeffrey, your, your network issue preventing the space shuttle from launching is my favorite story. And I was like, wait, what? But we never got that story, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe, maybe for maybe, next time. Maybe next time, yeah. Maybe next time. That one, that one does seem like a good one, but... Alexis, this was fun. Um, this was a lot of fun, and I, I I can't thank our submitters enough for I mean just really coming in on uh, very short notice and giving us some awesome awesome stories to read. Yeah, especially uh, my TikTok friends. Um, I asked for submissions at nine a.m. on my morning walk, and I had all of them by noon. So <laughs> you guys are the best. I couldn't do it without you. And this was, uh, this was fun. I should shorten a couple and probably do a little video series on them. I, I think, I think there's enough. I mean, I was even just looking around on uh tales from tech support, the subreddit there. I I've posted on there and lurked around on there, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, there's tons of stories. It's a, it's a whole following. Well, you thank- haven't, you haven't been a real network engineer until you've taken down prod. I mean, I think that's, that's, pretty much a rite of passage right there you you have to take down production in order to in order to qualify um but thank you again for all the submissions alexis thanks for joining me this was a lot of fun i appreciate it yeah absolutely thanks for having me no definitely We'll, we'll have you on again and uh thank you for listening be sure to like subscribe share do all that social media stuff join the discord uh there was actually a lot of submissions on there too sorry i couldn't get to all of them i mean i wasn't expecting to have like 35 submissions so <laughs> sorry we couldn't get to all of them but thank you thank you thank you for the ones that uh that did submit and uh, until next time don't forget to back up and save that config thank you for tuning in to another episode of conf t with your se for more information and resources on today's topic and others Check out the show notes on our website at conft.show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future topics, drop us a line at hello at conft.show. And remember, if you found this episode informative and entertaining, please help us spread the word by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform and sharing it with your colleagues and friends. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, this has been Conf T with your SE.